Hello everyone, welcome to The Totally Well Show. I'm your host, Joyce Strong. The Totally Well Show is a place where we get curious, ask questions, and explore everything to do with health, wellness, fitness, and all the things it takes to help you live the highest quality, most fulfilling life. I'm here today with my guest, Carol Mix. Welcome, Carol. Thank you so much. Carol is a life coach. Um, She's also known as a, a change agent, a life strategist, and a mentor. And her, uh, her practice is called Coaching Through Change. And you're out of Lowell? Yes. Lowell, yeah. Yep. And um, I'm, I kind of, when I learned about the title of your business or your practice, I was wondering what that meant, Coaching Through Change, because it has a kind of double entendre to it. Mm-hmm. Change. <laughs> it can be so hard for us, right? Mm-hmm. So, And when we struggle while we're going through these critical changes in life and we're doing it alone, it's even more painful. So sometimes having that neutral person coaching or helping or guiding us through those tough changes makes life so much easier. So uh, my passion was really helping people during those critical points in their lives because g- when I had to go through it alone, it was really tough. So having the support and tools and somebody there that understands was what I needed at those times. So I was happy to step into that role for myself. Mm -hmm. So change I think of as sometimes it's happening to us, Mm -hmm. um, a loss or something happens, um, a new challenge, or sometimes we're hungry for it. Mm -hmm. Do you see both? I definitely see both. And what I find is, for me, I have found, and especially working with people, that change is typically happening for us. Even in those critical times where it's happening to us, it feels totally out of control. It's helping that person find, what can I get from this? What am I supposed to be learning at this critical time? But also the excitement of moving forward into what great adventure is next for us, the next chapter of our stories. So you just said something very profound, and I barely caught it. Change is happening to us versus for us. No, happening for us. Right. As opposed to 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 us. us. Yeah. Yes, and I've learned that through my studies. Um, Always look for the lesson. There's a lesson there. Mm -hmm. So this change is happening for me. When I shifted my thinking that way, it it expanded everything. It didn't feel like, oh is happening to me? How do I get through it? Because when it is happening to us, it feels so out of control. But when I'm looking at it and I'm saying, this is happening for me, Mm -hmm. what am I meant to learn? I can slow down a little bit and then open my eyes in a different way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So you're taking yourself out of the victim role. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because otherwise, um, that's just a great place to get stuck and spin your wheels. Procrastination lives there. I don't want to hang out there. You know, sometimes we need to, though, you know? Yeah. Sometimes we need that downtime and that space, um, feel a little bad for ourselves, but we don't want to unpack our bags there and hang out and move in there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, years get lost there, you know? Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um... A lot. You had sent me some questions. I asked you to give me some ideas of the kinds of people you like to work with and where your expertise is. And a word that comes up a lot is is busy, busy life. Mm. How does that come into the work that you do with with your clients? Mm. 
typically I'm working with women entrepreneurs or busy professional women or mm -hmm. busy professional people. Okay. Um, guys need guys need that support too. Mm -hmm. And what it is is they're kind of on this hamster wheel of life, so busy doing so much mm -hmm. for everyone else. And what ends up happening is that person typically loses themselves. They just lose touch with what's really important to them because they're serving everyone else and it builds up. Mm -hmm. And finally it gets to a point where typically your body is letting you know, I'm going to sit you down now <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you're pushing too hard yeah. or there's that massive life change that's happening or you know it has to happen. And that's the person that's usually coming to me. It's almost like by the time they need that coach, it's already way beyond, and I've got to do something now, uh -huh. and that's who I'm helping. I, I wondered about that phrase, um, need a coach, want a coach. Mm -hmm. Do you think people need a coach or want a coach, or is it some mm -hmm. of each? I think it's definitely some of each, and what I found through um, the modalities that I've practiced, it's really the to get the help that I need now. Sometimes I, while I find there's all different types of help, right? Mm -hmm. And when you're going in for therapy, let's say, you're going way back and kind of building those pieces, whereas coaching, and I work with strategic intervention. So I'm coming in right at that point where you're at that block. Mm -hmm. How do we get and move you through that. Mm -hmm. So there, it is a little bit different. You know, there are some times where we do have to go back and visit other chapters of our life to see how is that influencing what's going on now. Mm -hmm. But I'm typically starting right at that stuck point and mapping out how we're going to move you forward through that. So um, sometimes I feel you do need it. And then there are other times where, you know what, I want to do this. I need to expand upon this skill or there's some breaks in the chain and I've got to figure out these pieces so I can move forward. So I want to come and learn these skills. So I do have both types of people coming to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, again, kind of in that same theme, you talk about emotional exhaustion and emotional labor mm. and I, I liked those terms I they they definitely resonated with me and I just I love when I meet different uh, the word coach is often used um, as if it's one thing and every coach I meet is different has a different style or different mm -hmm. and so just hearing your vocabulary can you talk to me about those two words emotional exhaustion and emotional labor Sure, and I love what you're saying about coaches. Um, we all have our personalities, our experiences to bring to it, which yeah. makes us all so different. And yeah. that's what's exciting about the coaching world, right? Yeah. Is you can get what you need based on who you connect with, yeah. and then what skill set they have. So I think that that's exciting, and but, it's and it's why I love having you here today mm -hmm. for people to get a chance to see different. You know, just different styles and and how you, how you might connect with one coach, but but not yeah. with another. Yeah, and and that's fine too. You know, and I think that I love that part the most. And it's just like all of us. You know, mm -hmm. we all have different personalities, so that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Speaking on emotional labor and exhaustion, and it's so funny. Um, thinking of 
I've been a little focused on that lately, especially in working with my own clients, because I don't think that we realize what goes into the emotional labor that we do, especially as a working woman mm -hmm. uh, that owns their own business and what we have to carry. You know, I mean, just today in between coaching with my clients, I'm, you know, I need to know where the concert tickets are for my daughter coming up. Uh, my One of my children is going into surgery today. The other <laughs> one, um, we're battling for a pole position in the washing machine, you know, <laughs> get yourself out of the machine. I'm like, I am on the phone. So, you know, the emotional labor that goes with keeping everything going, you know, are you going to go food shopping? No, I never plan to do that again. <laughs> you know, it's like, and everybody's hungry. There's food in there, you know, so I'm the source of food for people. But that labor that goes into it, is exhausting. It really is exhausting. So how are we balancing ourselves through all of that? Because it is a critical and important role. I am a mom. That's important to me. I am a grandmother. That's important to me. And so is my work. And that's as much of a part of me as all these other pieces. So how do I take care of me in that process? Because some days it is exhausting to fight about no food for these people and the food they like because they need chips or there's no food. Yes. And then, you know, who's, who's in the washer and who's not? And I've got to sort that out. Sort is meant to have been said, right? So how do we manage ourselves and center ourselves, still show up in all of these areas where we're not so depleted that we can't give to any area? And I've been there myself. You know, I have hit that emotional exhaustion wall where I can do no more. And that's when my body stepped in and said, hey, girl, it's time to sit down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, who has time for that? So mm -hmm. learning to be um, proactive instead of reactive mm -hmm. is key in those areas. So you, you said a couple of things there. One is, it just as a nurse, when I hear your body speaks up, I see people come in for overweight, for thyroid issues, for adrenal fatigue, for all the physical cancer, um, all kinds of, um, of, of, of just not caring, not exercising, not caring anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's what you mean by um, your, body, your body steps in and says it's enough. It just gives Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I don't think that it's a matter of people not caring. I think they care, and I think that that's what's running in the background, mm -hmm. and that's that subconscious, that fear, that worry that plays into that exhaustion, aside from the physical stuff of, Mom, where's my concert tickets? Can you get me that ride? Can you do this? You know, all of that stuff. So the body will speak in mm -hmm. exactly in the way that you're saying, and those are the signposts that we're ignoring. And when I work with a client, it's really getting them to tap into three areas. It's the mind, the body, and the business. Because when one of those areas are off, you know for sure it's affecting the other two. Mm -hmm. So it's really getting centered in feeding each place and at least showing up somehow, you know, mm -hmm. and being mm -hmm. cognizant of it. Because we will forget our own health as we're trying to help everyone else, mm -hmm. you know. How do you, just in the scenario you described for you for home today, and I'm like, wow, I'm impressed that you made it here. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're so welcome. Um, so thanks for coming. Um, how do you, how do you make that any better than it could be? Or do you just learn to, to, to dance in the chaos? Well, I have learned to 
um, keep calm in the chaos is what I've done. And the first part of that is taking care of me, making sure that I get what I needed ahead of coming into my day. Because if there was so many times where my feet hit the ground and I was running and I already felt behind. So when you start the day and you already feel behind, then you're just showing up to, uh, you know, a quarter of it, you're not showing up fully. So really being mindful of that, um, taking a look and being connected to what it is that I need to accomplish, having the support. Thankfully, my husband was home. He was able to take my son for his surgery, help him out there. The laundry, I'm not worrying about. (laughs) That will be there when I get home, and they're still going to be hungry when I get there. So y'all just wait. There's something in there for you. But, you know, really just learning, again, centering techniques for myself when I start to feel things amp up, Uh um, really how to ground myself so I'm taking care of me. I did learn the hard way. You know, it was my body that did... I wasn't paying attention to my body and what it was saying, and it went on for a long time until no more, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's the worst place to be. So Mm -hmm. um, just learning how to stay calm and recognize that I have the power within me to manage me. That's all that I can control. This chaos out here, Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be able to control. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's a lot of the bulk of my work is really helping people to understand what that calm and the chaos looks like. But going that extra step beyond that is also seeing what sets your soul on fire because Mm -hmm. we just get so busy into survival and just doing the things we got to do, and then we're ragged at the end of it. But Mm -hmm. what sets you on fire? This sets me on fire. I'm scared to be here, (laughs) but I'm excited to meet you. I'm excited for the conversation. Mm -hmm. So I'm working these things into my life because it is important. So learning how to manage all that. Does that make sense? It does. And I'm I'm, I'm hearing a little bit, too, of... of, um, What's important to me is, you know, sometimes we, well, for example, with me, it, it was, as a mom, it was important to give to my children. Mm-hmm. And I was a little bit um, stuck on what that meant mm-hmm. in giving. And so over time, I learned that I could redefine my perception of things and give in a different way. So if I, if give only meant this one thing, you know, give meant to give materially Mm -hmm. or give meant to say yes every time I was beckoned to do this, that, and the other. Um, And I, when I expanded my thinking on that, um, it got, it got better. It got mm-hmm. different. Do you run into that? Oh, absolutely. Where, and it is about where, with your With you help people understand how to, and, and some of those things can't be changed that you described, but some could maybe. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, it's perspective. You hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. It's shifting the perspective. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what we believe it's that becomes so concrete and we can only show up and serve this way yeah. and to our own detriment and mm-hmm. really pain. And again, that's when we become disconnected from what it is that we want, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I really, uh, my oldest is going to be 29. So I have a 29, a 20 and a 15. And when, for my oldest, he didn't see me taking really good care of myself. He saw me pushing and grinding. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm cognizant of 
how important it is for us to model that self-care. It's really great to show and model a good, strong work ethic. That's important and critical. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, just as critical is to slow down enough to take care of you. You know, um, so now I'm watching him and I have to throw that reminder in there. Hey, you know, <laughs> it's not it's not natural. It's not part of the, that step process. And I mean, you know, he's being a man and doing man things for his family, which is fantastic. But self-care for men is critical, too, because that is just such a huge, huge issue. Mm-hmm. Stress management and this sort of thing for our men, too. Mm-hmm. So while I am focused on what us ladies are doing, I'm, I'm living her experience you know, doing some research for some talks and some topics, especially stress management, Mm -hmm. looking at the statistics, and you must see this in the nursing field, how much it's affecting our men. I mean, Mm -hmm. these are our husbands, our sons, our dads. Mm -hmm. Critical. Yeah, that comes up a lot. And then my my office in Nashua is in a gym, and um, Sean was one of the guests on on my show recently, Mm -hmm. and uh, Sean Clark at Rebel Fit, and he talked about that a lot because that's kind of his... That's his sweet spot is dealing Great. with middle-aged men, mm-hmm. and he says it all the time that they're ne- neglected. And you know, for all the the right reasons. I mean, people do what they think is the right thing to do, and you know, take care of their families and work hard. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but what a beautiful legacy we can leave to our children. To you know, if I die today, I want to I want to know I set an example for my kids on how I want to know that they're taking care of themselves. Yes. And doing all the other things, but at the same time that they're they're t- that they're well. Yes. Yeah. That coupled with when my kids look back, am I going to be this screaming crazy woman <laughs> that's worried about the house being cleaned on top of the fridge because I can go there, right? Or am I going to be the person that was present with them, yeah. that played and loved them and did work hard too? You know. So and where is that balance for all of us? You know, I guess that's the uh, elusive butterfly, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll keep chasing her. But it is. Um, it's a practice is what it is. Yeah. And some days you get it on and you feel like you've got it right. And then other days you don't. And being okay with that, you yeah. know. Yeah. took me a while to get here and understand that. But practice and consistency are key. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. I imagine it's an everyday thing that, well, you said, you liked being here because you're a little bit scared, and so it looks like you're always in that that learning zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm practicing to um, get comfortable with being uncomfortable, yeah. because when that change comes, and it's inevitable, that's what life is, yeah. and it's so uncomfortable. If you haven't practiced it, it is really hard. So when you practice to be uncomfortable with the little things in life, where you're finding, hey, I enjoy this. I enjoy conversation that's meaningful. So let's do it a little scary (laughs) and see if that changes things. But when you practice discomfort, when it gets really uncomfortable in life, it's in your body to know what to do. Yeah. Do you do that, any particular exercises with people to help them with that? Or does that come up in your... I do. In my programs, there are, um, I like to have you coming up against your edges and let's push your edges. Um, I don't want you to be jumping right off unless that's what you so choose to do. I'm here for that too. But where are your edges? You know, let's take a look. We get so caught up in our habits and our rituals. So let's break that down and see what's working for you and what's not. And what edges do you need to be up against um, for your joy? 
you know, I'm helping to center them where their joy and happiness is instead of all their kids and their boss and their co-workers and everybody else in life. So how do you, how do you explore that? How do you get there with people? Really digging into what patterns they have, what habits and rituals they have, mm -hmm. and then getting them out onto a piece of paper because sometimes we're doing things that we have no idea. Like for me, the habit of hitting the snooze well, it, for years, I hit the snooze. I had this whole crazy routine that went with it, too. I laid this way, hit the snooze, laid this way. I, I had this whole thing going on. <laughs> I was late. The kids were late. I'd start the morning screaming and yelling. It was a nut house. And then she'd go off to school. I would cry because I started the morning this way yet again. And then out the door, I'd have to go looking crazy, not prepared for the day. It was just unsettling, you know. And that went on for years. And until I sat down and examined, what am I doing? What, what do I need from hitting that snooze? And see how I can meet that need in a different, better way that wasn't spilling over into all the areas of my life. Things changed. You know, mm -hmm. I started waking up. I actually had to force myself to go meditate outside in the freezing cold. And what I did was watch the sun come up. And I had a big down comforter. And my kids were like, oh, okay, bye, crazy. Because <laughs> I was out there in this down comforter. But I needed that contrast enough to break that pattern. Yeah. And I became a morning person, which is crazy. I'm a morning <laughs> person now, which never was. Yeah. And I needed that comfort. And I needed that quiet for myself. Because my life was so chaotic. And I wasn't getting it anywhere. Yeah. So my body was saying, oh, no, we're going to take it. And it's going to affect everything else. So again, um, in that survival mode. Uh -huh. So switching over to my soul fire. What makes me happy? So the quiet denseness of winter and then the sky changing colors. I was missing that every day <laughs> because I was in my bed arguing with myself during the snoozing, which is crazy. I wasn't even resting or enjoying it. I was creating anxiety. Yeah, so yeah. just switching those habits and really helping people to look at it because, again, we get on autopilot, just get things done, just get things done. And I really want to help people to see that life isn't about just that survival in the chaos. Um, we're not going to change your chaos. Uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you get another planner because I'm, I'm the girl who buys a planner and then throws it in a pile and doesn't use it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've already done that. So how can we change what's going on for you to get you more connected to you? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's see. What else do I want to ask you about? Um, oh, here's a good one. Why do people give up in their goals? Mm. Why do they give up? Many reasons. Um, lack of a plan, lack of clarity on their goals. So we think we want one thing, but what we really wanted was something else. And once we get into it, we're like, oh, I don't have time for this. So it's the lack of consistency. Um, but underneath all of those layers is a lack of connection. If you're not connected to what you want, then you're never going to get it. It's, it's so hard to build that bridge when you don't have that connection and clarity for what you truly want. That's what so I found. Lack of connection. Mm -hmm. um, do, do people come to you with that frustration in the beginning? Do, do, they, do they say, um, this isn't going, like, just 
kind of starting off with already expecting to fail? In some ways, yes. Like I've uh, tried before. Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. And a lot of people, that's why they end up in my program, because they're tired of that stop, start, stop, start. Okay. And they've created years in, in various ways of starting something, then giving up, starting, then giving up. So they've really developed this muscle, if you will, of quitting. So for me to help them work that other muscle that truly is in there, mm -hmm. that you can see the goal through, by stepping through a system. Sometimes they just don't have the systems or the support set up to help them get through what it is that they're trying to accomplish. So really giving them a simple step-by-step -step process beside with accountability, because mm -hmm. that's the other piece. As adults, we're no longer accountable. Nobody has checked on me to see if I balanced my books. <laughs> Nobody, <laughs> you know, so, and I don't like doing it. So of course I'm not gonna do it until December, which is really bad, you know? So that puts me in a very painful place if I were to continue that habit. And that was a habit that I had, and I had to recognize, why do I start and stop this, you know? Mm -hmm. so. Really, um, it is very rewarding to see somebody develop that other muscle that says, I can do this, I can show up for me, even when it feels hard. Mm -hmm. um, I love that part of the work, it's fun. So, um, the, what I, another thing I saw on your, on your website was change your, um, change your focus, change your story, change your life. Mm -hmm. So, it sounds like being able to, even though you've had these experiences of frustration and not ever getting over that hump, that um, with a little new focus or maybe a new tool, um, th the story can change mm -hmm. and that can have a greater impact in the, the bigger scheme of things? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Uh, what we focus on, we're going to get more of, whether mm -hmm. it's the negative or the positive. Mm. So helping people to see the positive is still right there. There's more than one side to every story. Mm. And we do have the power to change our story. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, what has happened and what will happen. We have the pen to write that. And I love that about the human experience. Yeah. I mean, we really do. And it is our story to write. It's not anybody else's job to come up. So really helping people understand and become responsible 100% for their story, the one they're living now and the one that they're going to create. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like we have about two minutes left, and this is the part of my show that I like to ask people um, personally, what are the top three things that you do to be totally well? The top three things that I do to be totally well is presence, um, being present for me and showing up for me, Mm -hmm. instead of leaving me on the bottom of the list um, and really becoming aware of what I need and want in life and communicating that to others so it doesn't make a mess in my life. Mm -hmm. and that also stems to listening to my body too. That showing up for me was really beginning to listen to and honoring my body and listening to it because she is speaking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you say... Um uh, I have to try to remember what you just said now. So being present, mm -hmm. and then what was the next thing that you said? The um, in being present and showing up. Oh, for and me. knowing what you needed—that was yes. the thing I was keying in on. So I, I find that fascinating that people um, in their communication, which is another thing you said, 
don't own their own feelings. Mm -hmm. And those feelings, when you listen to her, um, will tell you what you need. Oh and my gosh, and yes. to be able to communicate that to others mm -hmm. um, in a way so that you're not expecting something from somebody else or having the outside solve your problem. Yes. Because yes. you can only ask for it or go get it yourself. Yes. Yeah. Well, you've said that better than I could have. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that. That was perfect. Yes. And it is. It, expectation is tied right in there, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So I understood you correctly then to... Yes, you yeah. said it eloquently. Yeah, well, I, I didn't make that up, but that's, that's the foundation of nonviolent communication, mm -hmm. where people are able to stop judging, mm -hmm. stop blaming, and really, how do I feel, oh. and what is that that I need, and will you give it to me? Or, yeah. or I need to go get it myself. So empowering, though, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. life-changing. It, it feels good, too, yeah. for ourselves, but also for who we love and who we're interacting with. Yeah. Just better communication. So, yes. How can people get in touch with you? I'm so grateful that you're out there and um, available for people. How do they get in touch with you? Sure. It's um, carolmix.com mm -hmm. is the easiest way. You can okay. message me there or find me on Facebook. I love to connect with people and be in community on Facebook at Carol Mix. And why? Because Carol is spelled with a Y. So C-A-R-Y-L-M-I-X. That's Make it. Sure. <laughs> yes, thank you for that. <laughs> so, okay. well, thanks again for coming, and especially with your very busy day today and all going on, I'm so grateful that you're able to come. Well, thank you for having yeah. me. This was a great conversation. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Yeah.